gays, allies, and anybody that wants to learn more about the LGBT plus community. My name is Zanardi, and I'm so glad all your beautiful faces are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Alphabet Mafia podcast. My guests, plural, today are actually the first lesbians on the podcast. So I'm so excited to to share this episode with you. It is fairly relationship-based, meaning we talk a lot about the struggles of a same-sex relationship, the how to find a same-sex relationship, how to have a healthy same-sex relationship, and overall, it's absolutely great. Danny and Keely are phenomenal. Danny is a life coach for people under 25. She works regularly with LGBTQ plus individuals. She is the founder of DannyMaxCoaching.com. She's also a published author. Her book, Coming Out Happy, Life Doesn't Have to Suck, is available on her website, DannyMaxCoaching.com. So I had a great time talking to Danny and Keely. They are phenomenal people. They are... they. They want nothing more than to help the community, and so without further ado, here's Danny and Keely. Danny and uh, Keely, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We yeah, appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on and taking your time to, to talk with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Of We're course. so excited to be here. Thanks. So so you, you two are actually the my first lesbian guest here on the Offbeat Mafia podcast, <laughs> That so that's a milestone. You're also the first couple on the Alpha Mafia podcast. So, Perfect. Got a lot you know, to say. We're excited. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to make this 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 um, discussion a little bit, you know, relationship oriented. I know a lot of the listeners out there might be wondering just how to navigate a gay relationship and really understand that and some of the, the stigma that might come with that. So, but before we get into that, let's kind of just talk about your your, your individual story, each of you. We can start with whoever wants to go first. How how did you come out and like when did you start to realize your sexuality? Sure, so I'm Danny. Um, I knew that I was gay really ever since I was little. You know, five years old, I remember coming out to my mom. Um, it was a really hard time, you know, coming out when you're five years old. Uh, she actually told me she was just like are you sure that's actually what you're saying because I said I think I want to I, I think I want to kiss a girl <laughs> she was like, what what are you talking about you're five years old you know how would how would you know you know but I think it, it was a deep knowing for me um but since she questioned me at that young age of five I uh I held it inside myself up until I was 17 years old I mm-hmm. dated guys throughout my high school and middle school elementary school um but it always felt wrong And I came out eventually when I was 17 after being uh, in class with another girl who identified as a lesbian. And uh, it was just, it felt, it felt familiar and it felt like something that was just unexplainable. And Mm -hmm. I knew I liked her. And eventually I told my brother that I thought I was bi. I came out as bi. And Mm -hmm. um, that was, that was hard in itself just because I didn't even know if I really resonated with that label. Um, but eventually I told my parents right after that. And luckily they were more accepting than I actually imagined that they would. And I felt really good, but the tears never stopped as I was telling them, mom and dad, I have something to tell you I'm gay. Mm. And that was terrifying, but it actually, it went a lot better than I thought. Um, 
And I didn't actually come out publicly up until I was 21 years old. Um, in between the ages of 17 and 21, it was really where I was just experimenting. Mm-hmm. Because I actually, even though I came out as uh, as gay, I never really did anything. So, uh, you know, 18, 21, just about trying new things, you know, meeting new people and, and really discovering who I was. Um, eventually, I realized that, you know, again, I was gay. I dated a couple of people, went through a lot of hard times when it came to love. But, you know, I realized that this is who I am. It's never changing. And I came out when I was 21 and I've been free ever since. And I've written books about it. <laughs> I've sell merch about it. You know, living authentically you is the best gift that you could ever, ever, ever give to yourself. And that was a little bit about my coming out story, but there's so many hardships that went into it. It's unexplainable, but it was so worth it at the end of the day. <laughs> so- totally. 100%. There's nothing better than, than finally having that free feeling and just being able to authentically be yourself. And it did inspire you to into what you do today, right? Tell Absolutely. us a little bit about, uh, I guess we should take a step back. Tell us, tell us about what you do today um, and, and your, your work that you have going on. Yeah, for sure. So I am a certified life coach for people under 25. Um, I help them with their identity, their self-esteem, their confidence. It's been something that I've been working on since I was 21. I'm 25 now. Um, but it's it's been incredible to help the young community feel good about themselves in a way that I never really knew how to do. So I help people navigate through their coming out and through their hard times. Um, I offer different kinds of services, um, which we're working on and we're super excited about right now. But um, I also, (laughs) yeah, but uh, just in, in my book that I created, it was really just a guideline for you're, Mm -hmm. you're not alone. And here's how you can figure out who you are because you know, coming out is, it's scary, it's confusing, and I didn't know how to do it before, you know, I just kind of did it myself, like there was nowhere to really learn about it, I feel like when I was a kid, um, so I was just relying on the people around me, which is scary, because now, you know, luckily for people now, you can go on YouTube, and you can go search how to come out, how to do right. this. But when I was a kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Uh, but I just kind of like written, wrote down a couple of different ways that people can discover who they are, even beyond coming out. You know, self-esteem mm-hmm. and confidence is there's so much that goes into that. Um, and I wanted to teach young people how to feel good about themselves in all aspects of their life, but mainly the people who listen to me are in the LGBTQ plus community. So it's really directed for them. But yeah, I just I do a lot of stuff for for the community and it's it's incredible just because I'm always thinking about the older or the younger version of me that's really what I do it for right totally just just remembering you know where you came from and and what you wish you had at a younger age that that could have becoming what you wish you had is is that also is what motivates me you know absolutely it's so nice hearing what you do too thanks yeah Yeah, I love meeting like-minded people it's it's the best Uh, and what what's your book called in your website? It's called Coming Out Happy. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a life doesn't have to suck. Yeah, that's the that's the tagline of life doesn't have to suck because you know when you're young you think life is just terrible. It's always gonna suck, and I wanted to give them a reason to know that it doesn't, and it can definitely get better, as a lot of people say. So that was that was the whole purpose around it. But Coming Out Happy is is what it is by Danny Max. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and clearly, you know, um, 
happy now. You know, he made it to to the point where you know, that we all are trying to achieve. So, um, and and Keely, what is a little bit about your background? How did you discover yourself and, and navigate that that you know yeah. tremendous courage to, to come out? How did you how did you do that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Keely, and I guess for me it was it was different because I never really questioned my, like, I, I always knew this is who I was supposed to be, even though I grew up, you know, in a very religious atmosphere and people around me were pretty conservative. I went to a private Christian school. Um, even that, you know, when they said it was wrong, I always still felt like this is who I was supposed to be. So at the end of the day, like, it just always came back to, you know, I know this is who I am, and I just always tried to discover that in my own way, even if it was um, in secret. I still was always trying to experiment and try to figure out, you know, who, like, just how to really be myself and being gay. Um, mm. I didn't actually come out until to my parents until I was like 20, so a year ago. Um, it was fairly wow. recent, but I always just like, stayed true to the, this is who I am, even though I didn't share it publicly. Um, and then I finally, you know, one of my friends actually sat me down and she was talking to me and she was like, Keely, cause I was just so like back and forth, like, you know, had been in relationships and I didn't want to hide who I was anymore, but I, mm. I just knew like, this is who I was. And I had just completely figured that out on my own, you know, in secret. Cause I just felt like I couldn't come out. Um, but she sat me down one day and I'll never forget, you know, she looked me in my eyes and she's like, Keely, like, love, like, oh, sorry, is that our microphone? Sorry. <laughs> a plane. There's a, there's an airplane. Yeah. I live, <laughs> I live by an airport. I was like, oh no, our, our, our microphone's broken. Um, anyway, so she sat me down one day and, you know, she just really, she looked at me and she was like, if you love, you know, your family so much, like, why are you lying to them? And I think it just really clicked with me then that, you know, I really do love who I am and this is who I, this is what I have to offer and this is what I bring to the table. And I felt like it just clicked that day that like I needed to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I had figured it out, you know, and I had believed in myself that, you know, this is who I am going to be. And I think that's kind of how I got to come out. Um, but I really worked through it just on, on by myself and alone. And um, I didn't really have anyone to turn to. So now like, you know, meeting Danny and, you know, meeting someone like you to have this like-mindedness to go and, you know, make an impact and show people that tru it truly is okay to be who you are and who you feel, mm -hmm. you know, is most comfortable um, is just so special to me because I didn't have that either. And mm -hmm. I worked through this all alone. And I think, you know, the amount of stress and the burden it would have taken off my shoulders would have just been tremendous, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just yeah. so like excited to be here now. And I, and I appreciate the struggle that I went through because I can actually help people from it, you know? Sure. It's totally. Really for me for a long, long time, yeah. years. I, yeah. And, and I relate on to kind of your story um, a bit too. I mean, I grew up in a, in a private Christian school, um, very religious and conservative environment, both at home um, and you know at school. Was was when you did come out? How how was that? Did did it go well? Did people reject you? Did you lose friends? Like like tell me about that. 
Yeah, I think, you know, coming out when I did, it still wasn't very common. Um, people mm -hmm. still, like I played, I played soccer all throughout my life. I played in high school, I played in college and um, played a little bit after that too. And like, it just was always like, in the time that I came out, people thought you liked them, you know, if you were gay right. and you were lesbian, like people on your team. So it was really uncomfortable, I think, to be in that situation, especially in a, you know, Christian environment. It was hard because they thought one way and it was like, you're going to hell, you know, or it's wrong and it's a sin. So to mm. have that in my mind, it was always really scary. But I think people after, I think it was after, like in college, people started to accept the porn. I mean, when I came mm. out with my family, like it was definitely hard for them at first, but they have like come a long way and, you know, accepting it. And I think it's important to, you know, have people like us to, you know, use the terminology that they're used to, you know, to try to um, explain it in a way that makes sense because our world is constantly changing. And because I was able to find like articles on the internet, and I'd love to give you the links to those as well, you know, about how, how the Bible can interpret it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I was able to share that with my parents and their perspective changed quite a bit from mm -hmm. what I shared, what I shared with them. So it definitely wasn't easy. And I think, the approach I took was definitely a more like religious approach to try to understand it because that's just the circumstances I was in. But mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was definitely, definitely nice once I got people to see my side of how it was and how I interpreted it. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, I'll definitely link those articles in the show notes below for anyone listening. Uh, so let's, let's talk about, uh, I guess, we kind of talked about individually, the two of you, yeah. um, but let's talk about how you guys met. Just just give me that kind of backstory so we can yeah, dive into the relationship talk. Yeah, sure. So um, we met through Instagram, which <laughs> is, you know, it's common, I guess, nowadays just to meet on the Internet. Um, Especially but, for, for LGBT folk. We yeah. Like yeah. It, and another layer because there's not as many opportunities or places they can meet. For sure. There's, you know, there's not a lot of people sometimes around you. So it's like you just got to go on social media yeah. or on the apps to go and find people. You know, it's just mm -hmm. it's such a common thing. But uh, we met through Instagram when both of us weren't really looking for a relationship. You know, for the last I just moved out to San Diego. And, you know, when we met, I was just trying to make friends and I was just getting settled. But then she followed me on Instagram and I was just like, oh, my God, she's so cute. I got to go follow her back. So I sent her a message and uh, it was kind of over from there. But it was just I don't I love meeting people on social media. I feel like that's that's the way the world is going. And mm -hmm. uh, especially moving to a new place, you just want to be able to know people kind of around your area or just obviously you can meet people worldwide. But that was that was how we met. Yeah. What did and you think about it? I actually like I wasn't I lived in Colorado at the time, but my family was moving out here. Mm. So when I had met her, I wasn't even out here yet. So we had like a, a period of time where we just like really talked, you know, and didn't see each other physically, but, you know, got to know each other. And I think that's where we were. We just, you know, knew that like it could be something so special. And like mm. we had the same like mindset and the same goals and we wanted to you know, change the world. And from there, it was just like, we met and it was just like, we knew that we were going to be together and we were going to figure it out somehow. And yeah. like, you know, we wanted to really build a really strong and healthy foundation. And we couldn't understand that at first, you know, it was really confusing mm -hmm. to us because 
we're like, we just met each other. Why are we trying to like build this strong foundation to be so healthy and like, you know, really get to know each other and make sure that this is something that's going to last. Like it was, it was crazy. I just had this feeling about her that I, I wanted to be with her and we were going to do whatever it like took to, you know, make it work. Mm -hmm. So it was really special. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's a, it's a funny thing when you said that, like, you just kind of knew from there. I feel like it's such a stereotypical lesbian thing to move fast and be like, oh my God, it's you. I want you. And then you just kind of, you know, it just goes really fast from there. But for some reason, it actually, it really truly did feel really different and healthy from the beginning. And we just, we saw such value in each other and really believed that we could make a beautiful life out of whatever it is that we created. So that was, it was nice to feel something different than, you know, maybe all the toxic things that we had went through in the past. So it was was like, you questioned it. You really questioned it. Like, why, why do you actually like want me? Cause like, I feel like in the lesbian world, like, you know, you want someone that's like going to chase you, you know, or like you were saying, you're like, it's so weird to have someone like completely all about you and so invested. Um, And it was just like, we both like wanted each other, you know, and that was like questionable from like, I guess what we were used to. So it's definitely a lesbian thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, I was going to say, is, is there like a bit, is hookup culture a big part of lesbian um, culture? Is it like a big thing? Uh, You know what? I would say that it's more common to just be a serial dater than it is, you know, just hook up. Like, of course, you know, everybody at some point, if they want to, you know, goes around, hooks up with people at their own pace. Obviously it's whatever anybody wants, but like, it's a very common thing for lesbians to get very attached to somebody Mm -hmm. right away and then date them really fast. And then it ends really fast. So it's not as much hookup culture as it is like serially dating, you know, (laughs) all the time. And it's something that that I regularly speak out about because it's like, you don't even actually get to know the person and connect to them. Mm -hmm. You're already attached just from the idea of them. And it's just, it's, it ends up being a disaster kind of in disguise. So it's, sure. yeah. Yeah, Is that, you you said the idea of them. So let's break that down. Is it, is it, is it because people meet someone and then they create this like magical fantasy of what they think this person is or what this person could be and the expectations exceed the re- the reality? Is that kind of what? Yeah. So like what I was just thinking was that because we all meet usually on social media, yeah. you're going mm-hmm. off of really what you see and you're like, oh, my God, she lives over in Texas and I see that she only wears vans and I see that she hangs out with really cool people and you just get this idea of somebody in your head of like they're really going to be a certain way from how they're portraying themselves on social media and however there Mm. is a lot of lesbians enter into long distance relationships as you know a lot of other people in the community do but um I see it more than others in just in lesbians, but um, the the most typical situation probably in like lesbian culture is that you meet someone like across <laughs> the country, you talk to them for maybe a month and then they, you fly there to go see them. And then you realize that's not what you want. Like that's usually <laughs> what people, people are very different in person. Yeah. They're they like are. what you were saying. They're very yeah. different. in person. So I think the idea is that is just that like over texting and over video calls, like you can always, put the phone aside or you can always, mm-hmm. you know, talk to them for a couple minutes and be like, Oh my God. All right. Back to my regular routine. You know, who am I really? 
But I think the idea of somebody through a screen is just very different than being in a real committed relationship with somebody, which is why I think long distance relationships can work 100%. But, you know, I think it's it takes time to get to know people. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of lesbians miss out on that time to discover themselves first and then move into taking the time to really get to know somebody before committing to them. Yeah. Just because sure. so fast. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> is, is there a place offline? And of course it, it, it dep- if you're in the middle of the country in some small town, the answer is no, but if, is there a place offline where lesbians can actually meet? And I, and I mean like, yeah, like like gay people have gay bars and stuff like that. But is there something like that that's strictly more lesbian based? You know, I I don't think so. I mean, I'm 25. I've been going to, you know, gay bars for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I mean, like, of course, if you go to, you know, LGBT centers, you can go and meet people mm-hmm. or just being in your school. There are different opportunities being on sports teams. Yeah, sports usually teams. Uh, I knew you said, but that's just <laughs> usually where you meet. Um, other people in the community but uh yeah I'd say probably that but mostly online. it's online I would yeah online. so that's yeah anything else mm. <laughs> yeah cool so and I mean of course that is fairly similar to the gay community online Instagram go back scroll 36 <laughs> weeks and double tap on right that's like um, signal. So, yeah, right. It is. It's. It is a signal. It's. It's yeah. like the the 2008 Facebook poke back when you used oh to poke my god. <laughs> Those pokes went on for years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's, that's probably what I'd say is is really the only way of like meeting people offline, which can work for sure. Yeah. Totally. What What is it like introducing a same sex couple to your family or same your same sex partner to your family? I guess we'll start um, because it probably there's two stories. There's Danny's Danny's family that and his family. So whoever wants to to go on that to kind of share your story about what happened. Yeah. Yeah, So Danny was actually this is really interesting that you're asking because Danny was the first person that I ever introduced to my family as like my partner. Um, and so I had just came out last year and then I had met Danny maybe two, three months after I had came out. So it was really new for me and I was really scared, but I was excited because I knew that Danny was like such a great person and I wanted them to, you know, see that doesn't matter what gender they are. She's an amazing person and she cares about me and, you know, likes me for me and is going to, you know, treat me well. And so I really wanted to show them that with Danny. So I was really excited to introduce them to her. And I think actually it's one of the reasons my parents are so accepting of it now is because of, you know, meeting her in real life and like seeing like, wow, like she's such an amazing person and she's so good for you. You know what I mean? So it was, it was most beneficial for me to really introduce her because I think they got the idea. Like, you know, you could probably, as a parent, you imagine it in your head as, you know, I don't want my kid, I want them to be with a guy or whatever, like whatever your parent has in their head. But when they actually see it and they see, you know, the person in, in the physical presence, it's just like so different for them. So I was really excited to. Yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of parents think that being gay means you're being single and lonely the rest of your life. So I'm yeah. sure that, that when you introduce someone so great, you know, it, 
it's wow you know my son or daughter can actually really be happy and find yeah. love um even though they're same-sex attracted yeah. so that's great that's awesome and and danny how about you what what was it like for you just introducing uh keely to my parents and just my family in general was it was really nice actually just because I I had been out for, you know, a bunch of years at this point, and my family had seen me go through so many heartbreaks and so mm. many times of letting other people treat me definitely not how I should have been treated. Um, so when I called up, just like before I introduced her, um, I called up my mom and I was like, mom, this girl is so cool. <laughs> she's, you know, she does this, does this, does this, and she's just such a nice person. And my mom probably was like brought to tears I can imagine as a mom because she saw me for so many years struggle with myself alone and then on top of that just being treated badly that I feel like she just knew that this could have been something different and she was happy that I had met somebody <laughs> even if it didn't last even if whatever it just meant that I was finally happy in love, you know, or just meeting somebody nice. Yeah. So when I actually brought her to my house and just to, to introduce her to my family, it was it was amazing. You know, they're in a group text now. My family just <laughs> invited her to Hawaii, like for a family yeah. trip. Like it's yeah. it feels so nice to be accepted in in my family. But I know, and you know, sometimes I feel I feel badly about it because I know that so many people in our community are just they're not accepted by their parents. And like, mm -hmm. aside from my own family, like that's my mission in life is to make sure that they know that they're loved and accepted regardless of their family mm -hmm. situation. So, you know, as nice as it is to have my family, you know, love and accept Kaylee, my heart still goes out for everybody. So yeah, it was, it was nice overall. <laughs> it's so but, scary totally. you're in it, you know, like I think back to even like the thought of coming out to my family and, you know, I was just so afraid they wouldn't accept me. It just is like, it eats you alive. And I'm sure, you know, it just makes you feel like you're never going to be able to get there. And I know that feeling, you mm -hmm. know, for anyone who's watching this and feels that way, um, it's just, it's so hard, but there's going to be a time and a place where you finally do it. And everyone's in their own time, you know, like you hear a lot of different stories about how it happened and maybe you wish that it was going to happen to you, but it'll happen so perfectly. And the truth of it is, is that people do come around and it takes time and time mm -hmm. is really the biggest indicator for how, you know, it will go, but it, it, it always gets better. It really does in every situation. And if you're feeling so low, like it, it's just, you have people like us, you know, and you, you have a community outside of, you know, whatever you're in and we're here for you. So, mm. Yeah, exactly. Examples, really, like, obviously, you know, you two are great examples of of the of what people who are struggling strive to be or what they hope to achieve or, or get out of life. Um, and do you have you let's talk about like some of the struggles that are native to being a lesbian couple or same sex mm -hmm. couple. Do you have to be extra careful in public. I mean, I know you, you live in, in Cal Southern California. It's a very accepting place, but do you have to be cautious of how you act in public or, yeah. or what you do? Yeah, I, I would say so. You could, well, we'll tell you like a story, I guess, of um, mm -hmm. just, you know, there's 
places in San Diego that are, you know, more, I would say like gay oriented and like places you can go where you can really feel accepted. And it's like all the town is really, but there are also places where you can't really do that. And we kind of figured that out because we're both fairly new to California, but we figured that out maybe like a couple months ago when we were, we were, you can tell the story. We were just out in a place that wasn't like it was just normal. So we were, uh, <laughs> we were out at a bar and we were just hanging out, uh, waiting for our friends to come. And um, yeah, we were sitting outside and this guy just comes up to me and I'm like five feet tall. I, I don't look intimidating at all. And uh, he comes up to me, this huge dude. And he's just like, is that your girlfriend? And, you know, was, you know, obviously talking about Keely. And I, I was just in shock that he would ask yeah. me that. Like, <laughs> just because I know that like he wouldn't have gone up to a straight couple and be like, are you guys together? Like yeah. just yeah. asking that it was, it was so uncomfortable, but I, uh, yeah, I was in shock in the moment of him asking me that and I didn't answer. And then I forgot what he said right after that, but he just- got angry that I wasn't answering him. Yeah. And it was just, it felt so uncomfortable. I know so many, like I went to school in North Carolina. Um, I went to college in North Carolina and mm-hmm. I was not, you know, holding hands with anybody in public. I wasn't showing anybody anything like there's, there's places all over the country, all over the world. You know, of course that's like illegal, but like just that you don't feel comfortable doing it. And um, so we've experienced some, you know, experiences of just feeling uncomfortable. Some, you know, I feel like it could just be a part of the community in general, not just strictly related to um, being a lesbian. But I'd say like probably being a lesbian, something that is coming up for me in my head is just that like, I guess it's kind of related to that story is that people don't really take us seriously. Yeah. Um, mm being a couple, I feel like guys don't take our relationship seriously. Like I think that they, I think it's like, they think that they can try to get you still, you know what I mean? And it's like for them to feel good about themselves because it's like, why, why are you lesbian? Like, why wouldn't you want to be with a guy? You know what I mean? It's like that idea. It's really thinking that we're, that their, their girl partner is not enough to satisfy them. And it comes up in, you know, a guy being like, is that your girlfriend? Like, I don't know why somebody would ask you that. But, yeah, I feel like just making it known that, like, they just they don't have a lot of respect or many, many people I see don't have respect. Like there are countless friends that we have that have told us stories of them being out and uh, mostly, you know, feminine lesbians I feel like this this applies most but you know just like you said a lot of guys will just try to turn them you know try to like think that they can but in reality you know a lot of people have experienced that um just thinking that they can just by saying like oh I don't believe you or whatever it's just Mm -hmm. lesbians feel very invalidated a lot of the time Mm -hmm. when a straight person would say like I just don't believe you or mm-hmm. something like that. There's or some- they do they ever like ask if like you to make out or something or something weird <laughs> like that? But before we find out about that, I want to thank you all for listening. And I also want to tell you about Manscaped. I know that this is a, a little bit of an episode for the ladies, but maybe you have a brother, maybe you have a gay best friend, maybe you have a dad. No, don't do that. That would be weird if you do that for your dad because Manscaped is the only men's grooming brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Their third-generation lawnmower 3.0 is an ergonomically – is that how you say it? – designed – 
cordless trimmer. It is waterproof. You can take it in the shower. You can reach around and get those hard spots. Uh, so you can do front and back. And it is the only razor that you should be shaving your balls with. Trust me, they gave it to me and I've been using it for the past month now and I haven't had a nick or a cut or any complaints. I used to nick my balls all the time and I'm so sorry if you are a lady listening to this, but but we do shave down there and it can be hard and there's blood and you know, it, it, it isn't fun. You nick yourself, you get cuts and then you have to worry about things getting in there and infecting it. So make your life easier make your brother's life easier um, if you're on that kind of terms with him and get yourself or a friend a Manscaped razor. Head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code GAYFAM20. That's GAYFAM20. For 20% off and free shipping, I am telling you this makes your life so much easier. If you are going to shave down there and you're a man and you're going to protect your family jewels, you better be using Manscaped. You go to the gym, right? Or you eat well, or you wear sunscreen. You take care of your body in other aspects, right? Well, why aren't you taking care of your balls? Uh, you should be. And if you're not, then head on over to manscaped.com and use code GAYFAM20 for 20% off and free shipping. All right, enough about balls. Let's find out more about um, this female relationship. Do they ever like ask if like you to make out or something or something weird like that? Like, We've heard that's a good example yeah. too. Yeah, like prove yeah. it. Yeah, like that's kind yeah. of the thing. Oh. But and they I, wouldn't do that. You know, I, of course, like you can speak about that, but I feel like they wouldn't do that to guys. They they mm-hmm. just wouldn't. So it's like it's more sexualized within the oh, lesbian yeah. community. Like, why would you have to prove to somebody that you like other women? That doesn't. Why, why would you think that? But we just, that's why, you know, we hang out with other people in our community and we want to, you know, be in places where we feel comfortable. That's why a lot of people in the community go to gay bars because nobody's going to come up to you and ask you, hey, can you make out with your girlfriend? Because I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, no, that's a great example. Um, there, there's just a lot of hate that, that lesbians get as much as a lot of other people in the community. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a, good, a good point. Do you, did you do you ever have to worry about um, like holding hands in public or do you ever get rude looks or, or, or you know, remarks? Well, we were just actually talking about this the other day because, you know, there's always that thought sometimes in the back of your head. And we were talking with some other lesbians, too, that felt the same way. Like, you know, if there's kids around or if there's like a family, like, should we hold hands? And it's like. Mm-hmm you know, you think like, well, I don't want to like influence anyone else or that thought like comes into your head. But at the same time, you're like, no, like we're going to hold hands because it's like, this is normal. Like this isn't wrong and you shouldn't feel that way. But I think the internalized like homophobia in Mm -hmm. you or if you grew up that way is just like, no, maybe you should just like be conservative and like not Mm -hmm. do that. Because you don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But then I'm just like, you know, by us doing that, it's actually just making it not normal. So yeah. let's make it normal and like let's hold hands. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so it's not like we're making yeah. out with yeah, each other on the streets. Never like, do that, but like just yeah. hold hands. Like <laughs> everyone does that, you know? <laughs> right, right. Just it, yeah, exactly. You should just be able to act like any other regular couple. Um, yeah. And by not doing it, is it's it's kind of not encouraging, but it's it's allowing the this homo this homophobia or the shame to exist absolutely um, definitely I, I was i was driving from back from the store the other last week and 
there was this wonderful gay couple, um, young 30s, you know, fit, and, and they were pushing a baby stroller, which I thought was the cutest thing. And the car in front of me had the top down, and um, it was a family inside, and you could ke- tell they kept looking back, like looking in the mirror, like the, the lady in the front seat, like pulled her glasses down, like look in the mirror, and then they would chitter chatter with each other. And I was like, like I was literally witnessing, like, okay, yeah, we have equality, right? Like we we have yeah. we have rights. We have yeah. rights to exist and to have a baby and to be married. But do we have equality? Because this couple is walking down the street getting judged by this car, you know? They're clearly like taking double takes and, and chatting amongst themselves. I assume like it looked like it was probably not like a positive stuff, but you know. Yeah. Um and so just having to face that, like, and seeing that makes you realize that as far as, as, as we have come with rights being given to us, we don't have equality quite yet. Yeah, yeah, I feel like just socially, it's it's just hard because I feel like to some people, it's so new and they've mm-hmm. never experienced seeing people. Like, I grew up probably in just as homophobic of an environment, not maybe not in my home, but in my, you know, school and mm-hmm. just my town. I wouldn't have, like... I wouldn't have held hands with people or I wouldn't have seen, you know, people holding hands when I was a kid. Like that was just unheard of, which, you know, leads to home uh, internalized homophobia. Like it's just, there's a lot, you know, we're, we're coming as far as we can as a society, which means that we have to keep holding hands. We have to keep making videos for the sake of, you know, the future. So as far, you're right. As far as like, as we come, as we've came with the laws, we just need to keep going and showing the world and anybody who hasn't seen a beautiful couple yet that it's okay and it should be as normal as a straight couple. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we just got to keep trying. Well we got to keep pushing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, it's just, there's, there's a lot that went into that thought. But, you know, we got to just keep going and be as great as we can as a whole community. It's so I feel like it's just still so new for a lot of people. Like my dad, I had to teach him certain terms to use. He was so outdated. He had no idea what to say about the community. And it's, it's like a constant thing that I'm teaching him now. It's like, you can't say this, dad, because that'll, you know. He's a representation of you. and, and you, <laughs> yeah. don't, you don't want him to talk to somebody else in the community like that. So I feel like sure. it's all just about educating and, you know, having representation in movies, in books, in, you know, just on YouTube. So I think I think we're doing a great job. But of course, we are so behind, you know, everything. Mm. So, of course, like the laws are there, which are unbelievable. You know, it's crazy to think that even just a couple of years ago, they weren't the same. But we're we're doing you know the best we can and we got to keep you know just being our best self and that's it Mm -hmm. what what are some of the specifics that you you taught your dad if you don't mind just for anyone listening that might not even be familiar with the lesbian community because i know uh, even amongst the lgbt community there is so many different subcultures and yeah and and i know for myself i'm constantly learning too like i'm constantly learning more about especially doing this type of thing about transgender people and non-binary people and just every, everything that I can't identify with, I, I, I like to learn more about. Yeah, um, for sure. I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's nice that you said that. I've, you know, as much as, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trans, I'm not non-binary, I'm, I'm a lesbian, but I needed to learn about those, um, about just all the terms within that. And I've taught my parents because 
they just were not understanding that and they were never going to learn about it on their own. And, mm. uh, you know, if my, my dad didn't say this, but like, let's just say he said like, is that a guy or a girl or, you know, just like stuff like that. Um, I think just teaching him how to approach that situation in his own head was probably mm. helpful for him to be like, you know what, dad, it's okay to not know. Why don't you go ask them their pronouns or, you know, do something yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> But, you know, we didn't have like that many conversations about that. But I think just um, being a lesbian, something that I've taught him just besides like just the regular terms. I mean, do, do you know of anything that like I've, I've said to him specifically? Well, if you would ask, like, so funny. We just we love him. So but he would say, like, who's the guy? Oh, so like yeah. <laughs> we would just like laugh and she <laughs> Danny would joke and say, no yeah. guy. There's yeah. No guy here. So of that. <laughs> it's, but, it's funny though, like, cause we really like, we understand, you know, that it's not, um, you know, it's not him trying to be mean or it's not, they just really don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, you know, an opportunity to teach and not to be like, Oh my gosh, why did you say that? Like, yeah. that just doesn't, I don't think it feels good for anyone to hear that from you, you know, like to be so judgmental. So we really just try to you know, be lighthearted about it. And like, it's a teachable thing, not something that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never talking to you again. Like, can't yeah. believe you said that. Like, but a lot of the things, they just don't know how it like works, like yeah. marriage or kids or just relationships, the differences between a straight relationship and a relationship with a girl. Like they just didn't, they didn't understand. So it's just been a lot of teaching and uh, being patient, but eventually, you know, they come around and they understand that you're doing the best that you can to teach them. They're doing the best they can to understand it. But, you know, all parents are different. If they want to know, if they want to learn, it's up to them. But uh, we're just, we're doing the best we can. And mm -hmm. it's, it's nice teaching. <laughs> yeah, totally. What, what are uh, some of the differences in, in your experience of, of being in a, you know, girl to girl relationship um, versus some of things that your straight friends might've told you or, or having experience. I know Danny, you've dated yeah. you know, guys in the past. Yeah. What are some of the major differences for, for any of the young lesbian listeners, you know, that want to learn? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, these are just coming off the top of my head, but I would just probably say that like the main differences of dating guys and girls, but of course, just as me being a lesbian myself and really never connecting with guys is just that like, it feels a lot deeper when you're very similar as people um i'm not exactly sure if this will always apply but just because you know this is just like surface level stuff but like even wearing the same clothes mm -hmm. or even you know knowing what are some like things that only girls can relate to <laughs> so much <laughs> um <laughs> just like get each other on a really different level like it's just feels, I think the emotional part is like what like lesbians are really attracted to is like, we're just so caught up with each other. And that's not to say like guys aren't, but I think when you, it's like a certain, it's a certain kind of like energy, I guess you feel, and it feels really special and different. Um, I think that's when you maybe like know that you mm. are, you know, gay or bi or if you feel something like that with a girl, like a lot of people, they just don't, you know, and they're mm -hmm. straight. But if you have that experience, like you just know inside, like it just feels very special. I don't know yeah. how else to explain it because I'm gay. Yeah, I don't know. It's just because we've we've been talking about just genders and sexuality. We were talking about it all day yesterday. Yeah, there what was were just we so many about? There were so many things that go into it. And oh, what were we saying? It was the question I asked you. I was like, so like what do you think it is like about 
Because, like, I, I was saying, like, what if you were a guy? Like, do you think I would still love you? Like, do you think I still would still mm. like you? And then we were actually watching a YouTube video of a girl that, like, came out um, and was came out as bi at first, but then realized that she was gay, but also, like, was dating some a guy at the time and um, was just very in love, I guess, like, in a loving relationship, and it was, like, everything she wanted on paper, but she just wasn't, she wasn't, like, bi. She was gay, so she couldn't be with him, but it was just, like, we were talking about, like, I wonder what, what is it? Like, is it, like, the physical aspect? Is it, is it more than that? You know what I mean? We're just trying to figure because it out. Because then, like, obviously, when you get into something deeper than just, or further, uh, than just being lesbian or gay when it comes to other genders. You know, I don't know everything there is about that, which is why, you know, I don't want to speak about it. But um, I, there's just there's so much that goes into sexualities and genders that I think I, I really want to keep learning about. It's just it's such an yeah. interesting thing. So I, I hope we just keep learning about it. But I don't know, just being two girls like there there's similarities just as probably two guys, you know, it's just. There's, there's lots of yeah. <laughs> Just to make that more complicated than it was. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Uh, what is what are some of the hardest things um, in a, in a relationship, just in general? I mean, and, and I think this can apply to straight couples as well. But just yeah, yeah I mean, and you live with each other, right? So um, you know, just just the heart. Just what are, what are some of the the times when it's like, oh, you're annoying me, and just things like that. Like how how can we how how do you work together to get over that and to and to remain just you know a, a happy couple and in a good in a good spot? Yeah, sure. So this is just coming from me. I feel like <laughs> we've we've no, we've both been in toxic relationships in the mm. past that I feel like we've learned how to not treat each other. Um, even when we get heated, even when we're like, oh my God, I just can't stand you anymore. There's something inside of both of us that just know that we can't treat each other badly because we want to make this work. And we find it in our hearts to be like, you know what, I'm sorry. I'll, you know, I'll go into the other room if you need me to, or I'll, I'll let me go do something nice for you. Like we're just really always trying to put in enough effort with each other and go above mm-hmm. and beyond because we're each other's best friends, you know, like we're, we're trying to make it work. We're trying to love each other for, with everything that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's, you know, sometimes I feel like you really do have to, you know, go through a toxic thing to really understand it because that's when you recognize where the line is of like, okay, this isn't healthy. This is healthy. Or just like, even, you know, learn about what is healthy because, we really like just try to be so kind to each other. Like, and I'm really stubborn. So this has been like hard for me, to <laughs> learn. but um, just understanding, like, even if I'm so angry, like not to act on that emotion because mm-hmm. like, my love for her is so much more than like my anger in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, or like something that upsets me. And just, I think understanding your ego is something that is so like, huge and has been amazing for me to learn throughout the past year because when I know that like something like offended me or like you know it's just I'm feeling so bad and offended it's just literally me like taking it on myself and like making it about me and like it's not about me anymore you know this is about us and our relationship and I want it to be you know, amazing and like the best thing. So I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of um, how we treat each other. And I think that's why like we've just stayed, you know, really healthy. And obviously we fight and we argue, but 
at the end of the day, we always come back to each other and know that we're going to have a conversation about it and we're going to be mature and really try to uncover and break down all the things because there's a reason that you're feeling a certain way. So it's like communication is the biggest thing in our relationship. Like we always are so honest about how we're feeling and like Danny's from New York. So I'm from Colorado where it's just like you kind of sugarcoat things. Right. like you're like okay you're always honest come on like why did you do that like it's just like she'll (laughs) tell me exactly how it is and I'm like not really used to that (laughs) me sometimes but again I don't take it personal anymore yeah but what I was (laughs) gonna say yeah I feel like also just being a life coach for a couple years and going through a lot of my own struggles I feel like allowing personal growth not allowing encouraging like highly encouraging personal growth has been something that's really bonded us just because what led us to the talk or at least me what led me in my toxic relationship in my past was that I was only bonded to that person and I never grew as my own person and Mm. the fact that we allow each other to go discover who we are you know what whatever that means to us is super important like I love learning about how to do new things and I'm gonna do that we like we respect each other enough to have our own set of boundaries but we're not limited to only each other and I feel like that's so important is just self-discovery regardless of being in a relationship so yeah. that's super important. Like we understand that like it's so important for her to have her own friends and my and me to have my own friends and like just to have other social interaction besides literally just being like yeah. you know tied together and like this is all we are and we are together like we were talking about you know like these ideas that we have and what things we want to do and it not just being like all right it's keely and danny like they did that like no like i'm keely and that's like we have our own identities like that's right important it's maintaining your own individualistic um i guess uh, you know persona Mm -hmm. or being able to pursue your own things and have your own time to to really figure yourself out and continue to grow as an individual not just as a couple yeah um yeah, that's actually a good point because I mean, in, in a lot of the toxic relationships that I've seen, yeah. um, that you know, whether it's been with a friend group or or you know, just people I know, mm-hmm. um, it's exactly what you said. They 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 didn't have any individual aspects to them. They were always glued to each other. They were always controlling each other. Yeah. And you know, there was no there was no self identity. It was it was just a, a, a you know one identity under under them. Um, so that's really great. Yeah. And I think that's, they'll be really helpful for, for a lot of people. And I think it also boils down to something you mentioned earlier, which was, you said effort, making a conscious mm-hmm. effort to put your, your own self-interest aside sometimes to, to make compromises and to understand what your partner is wanting or, or thinking about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, definitely at first with us, you know, we, we had to understand you know, how she accepts love and like how I accept it. And, you know, I, I was thinking at the beginning, like, oh, but she'll probably like what I like, yeah. you know, like thinking that it's just one way, but it's, but not. it's not, you know, I really had to learn, you know, what, what she liked and, you know, what meant a lot to her. And I think that's when our relationship really started to grow because we mm-hmm. understood that, you know, we can, we are different people and we're going to compromise, like you said, you know, and put our self-interest aside and, you know, really be, you know, what that person needs, you know, and giving them mm-hmm. that. 
taking the time to learn, like how we were talking earlier about just people serial dating. You don't get to know these things about people, which is why a lot of them that we see fail, you know, yeah. because you don't take the time to understand what a person wants and, you know, what makes you different, what's, what makes them different. But it's just something that we're always doing is just really setting time to know each other and, you know, talk and like communication is the biggest thing and being open and honest mm. honesty is just it's hard but it's what you need to do to survive out here in yeah. a relationship <laughs> and in life oh my god we we have something it's so funny we started this at the beginning the beginning of our relationship and it's called lnt and so you know we're all you know well back when our normal life was going on we weren't in quarantine like we were so busy you know and like day, days would just fly by and it would be like wow but we really like wanted to set a time aside um, to really, you know, spend time with each other. Nothing, no distractions, nothing else. And it's called LNT. So we uh, turned this late, night, late night talk, late night talk. <laughs> so we turned this little nightlight on in our room. And like, we just talk about like, how was your day? How are you feeling like emotionally? Like yeah. what happened today that, you know, upset you or like whatever. And like, we really just get into things that we need to talk about. And another thing I think could be really important for like healthy relationships and communication is that we have a shared note on our phones mm -hmm. where if we're really busy and we have stuff going on, we actually like put our, you know, whatever that was in the notes so we can talk about it later, like in mm -hmm. the queue to talk about. So yeah. it's something that we just keep to make sure that we're, you know, covering everything that we need to go over and really still. It sounds like a business, but yeah. you know right? what? <laughs> you know, just hearing you say partners. that. I but love that though. You know, we, we say that like, our relationship is so much more than just, you know, being lovey and kissy and holding hands because really we are trying to be life freaking partners in yeah. all aspects, you know? So like learning about what we believe in and discovering new pieces about ourselves is so important. So although it sounds weird to probably a lot of people, it's what works for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it may work for other people, you know, just laying down certain topics of discussion like we love discussions <laughs> like we just go we just have like the deepest talks yeah. all the time and it's great I, I love the concept of the the tea time um, yeah. setting aside yeah. setting you know the, the light a certain way and just drowning draining out any anything else that isn't relevant you know ignoring distractions and just talking and and yeah. having that it's it's almost like um it's like when you first meet and you just have those like heart to heart under the stars moments, but it's continuing yeah. to happen yeah. throughout the relationship. It can't stop because you're, yeah. you're always growing. So it's like, hey, what do you think about this now that it's a year later? It's, just, yeah. it's always going to be new and exciting, but you got to make it new and exciting, you know? I love that. I love that concept. I, it's actually, you know, I don't think I've met anyone that's blatantly said it like that or explicitly <laughs> said that they have, you know, a time to, to set aside like that. I think that's great. So what what do you guys do? We can start with Danny. Um, thinking back to times when you've been very anxious or really down, what did you do and what do you recommend people do who are in those times to remain confident and positive? How, how can people change their mindset to come out of that and to, and to get to a better place? Sure. So this is, you know, one of the things that I talk about, but, uh, I'd say when, you know, a kid is super anxious and afraid of being themselves or just just in any kind of way, I think it's just about being around people who are accepting and 
loving and it could be in your school or at a center or anything like that just the more you surround yourself with positivity the better your life will get i know it's a little mm -hmm. tricky when you're a kid um but you know youtube is great now for understanding who you are and i'm sure it can definitely help a lot of people feel less anxious about certain things about themselves um but I'd say probably just surrounding yourself with friends and just probably doing a lot of activities for self-discovery. Uh, I don't know. There's there's just a lot. But I feel like it's hard. It's hard to be young. It's hard to be anxious. But there's so many resources out there now for people to uh, to look into that it makes it a lot easier. Mm, love that. Yeah. And Keely? Yeah. Um, I think you know, when I was just, you, you, you're saying like referring back to when I was going through it and I was really anxious and like angry and trying to figure it out and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just thinking back to those times when you, you weren't necessarily in a good place in your life. Um, what would you, what would you recommend to someone who is feeling that, who's in that similar position, knowing what you know now and being at a point in your life where you are at now, what, right. how can they get out of that? You know what I wish I would have done and I would give this advice to anyone that was that is going through it is I didn't I was so, you know, surface level. I didn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. You know, if I mm. felt angry, I was just like I'm angry. That was all there was to it. Um but what I really learned about myself and when I started to spend time alone was that when I wrote stuff down, when I started, you know, journaling about my day, it just started to flow. And I was like, mm -hmm. it wasn't even, it didn't feel like it was hard for me to think about all of it. It just started to come out and I was able to figure out why I was angry. And that was just an outlet for me to really, you know, understand myself. So if you can like spend time alone and mm -hmm. set that time aside, mm -hmm. you know, every day to, Hey, I'm going to write this, like write a letter to yourself, like where you want to be in five months, read it then like set these goals and these like benchmarks, um, for where you want to be. And that's what I wish I would have done because it took me a lot longer to realize that that's what I could do to start understanding some of the struggles and issues that I went through. Mm -hmm. So and I think it could work for a lot of people. You know, journaling is just amazing. Mm. And listening to podcasts, listening, mm. like Danny said, on YouTube, like yeah. there's so many great resources. And I didn't realize that because I wasn't I wasn't looking. So, yeah, re I mean, like I personally talk a lot about just self-love and different different types of specific activities that people can do. But I, I just feel like if, you know, you're talking about your younger self and you don't have real like access to some activities, I feel like just like how I said earlier, just, you know, either journaling, just things that you can do is journal and, you know, tell yourself that it's okay to be who you are. There's a lot of self-talk that I teach about consistently. Self-talk is just saying, hey, I love you. You're going to be okay. And at the end of the day, all you got is you. Yeah. So just doing a lot of things that you can do if you can't go and watch the YouTube videos is just doing self-talk and just helping yourself feel better however you can. Well, so. and something I wanted to say real quick that um, like Danny really helped me with is like, even when, you know, maybe you feel like, you know, being gay is wrong. Okay. And mm -hmm. you, you just don't feel like it's, you're, you're not feeling accepted by people outside, but also you're not feeling accepted by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like just looking at yourself, like looking literally into your own eyes in a yeah. mirror 
is the craziest thing. Like people probably will laugh and be like, I'm not going to go in the mirror and like, look at myself and tell me, tell myself I'm great and I'm worthy. But when you do that, you just like see yourself for who you, it's really insane. So I would recommend going in the mirror, telling yourself, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever yeah. you want to like believe who about who you are, it, it changes a lot. And then also just journaling. And those are things you can do on your own time. Yeah. You don't need, you know, to be out or, you know, to tell anybody like this can be something that you can work through if you don't have the space to be who you truly are and you're yeah. feeling anxious. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you, do you believe in the law of attraction or are you familiar with? Yeah, we definitely yeah. do. We're very <laughs> spiritual people. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Do you, do you meditate as well? or practice? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's like a, it's a tricky thing to kind of throw around because kids usually don't resonate with meditating mm -hmm. as much as maybe a teenager or a kid in high, or a person in high school or a person who graduated would. Um, but I think meditation is unbelievable. And I learned the mirror talk from a spiritual book. It's just like you, when you understand that you really what you're putting out in the world is what you get back you're gonna work as hard as you can to be a greater you every day so the law of attraction is insane and meditation takes people beyond what they thought could happen it's just honing in on what's going on up here is the number one thing to success in your life that's it mm. one one totally. of the books i was reading and it might be a great resource to put is it's called uh the universe always has a plan and one of the like golden rules in there that really like just clicked in my mind and I just knew that that was so true and it made me feel so good was every everything that you've done everything that you are has led you to where you are today mm -hmm. so if you think about that like you're maybe feeling like you know why am I gay like should I be gay is this wrong like you wouldn't be gay if all these things didn't happen to so that you are so it's just yeah. like such a cool idea to try to wrap your head around that this is who you're meant to be and you don't need to feel bad about it. And this is, this is your life, like embrace it and figure out, you know, how you can make your greatest impact on the world with what you were given, you know, yeah. the cards. You were yeah. It's also just take, taking us on a more spiritual path rather than a more religious path, which um, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people in the community kind of battle with, but growing mm -hmm. up, I, I was raised Jewish and I really never resonated with that. Um, being spiritual, in my own way and believing in the universe and the law of attraction has led me to more um, peace. I feel like in my heart, instead of a battle that I know a lot of people who grew up religious have to go through. So totally. I know, I know internalized homophobia and internalized shame um, riddles, you know, yeah. people who grew up in a religion or a strict religion um, and that, that, you know, are gay, that, that it, it, it can paralyze them. Yeah. Um, just the idea of of being gay and also being religious and i think it is about finding a finding it finding a way that it works for you you know um in, interpreting whatever spiritual book you want you know in in your own way and, and finding something that can coincide with your lifestyle yeah. Uh, yeah so why don't you shout out your your instagrams and your website Sure. So okay. my uh, my Instagram is Danny Max Inspires um, and my website is DannyMaxCoaching.com. It's got a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. Perfect. I don't have a website, but <laughs> my Instagram is at Keelsters9. You can write it in the comments. I'm sure people might not know how to spell that. 
but yeah, you guys can follow me if you have any questions or resonated with anything I said. I'm here, just like Danny. We're both, yeah, we're both here, ready to help uh, anybody who needs. This is what we do. This is, it's an amazing cause to help LGBTQ people, regardless of age. We all mm-hmm. need support, love, and guidance. Absolutely. Until until every kid, you know, until there's no more people left, no more kids left that are growing up feeling like they aren't valid or that they, you know, can't exist. You know, we got to keep keep it continuing our work. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you sharing a little bit about yourselves and about your relationship. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah I think I think it can provide a lot of value for, for certain people. So thank, thank you, you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. You are all so beautiful and amazing. Make sure to check us out at www.thealphabetmafia.com. You can read our blogs there. You can support our brand. Get a sticker. Get yourself a sticker. That really helps us. It raises brand awareness. You put it on your water bottle. You put it on your laptop. It becomes more of a common thing seen around town. If you want to be featured on our YouTube show where I answer your DMs and emails regarding, you know, your situation you're in or needing advice, you can email us at info at thealphabetmafia.com. Again, that's info at thealphabetmafia.com. Just put in the headline LGBTQ plus advice, something like that, and I will I will try and read it and then use it on the show. Um of course, if you need serious help, you can visit the trevorproject.org or you can give them a call at 1-866-488-7386. If you are in need of serious help, please reach out to those people immediately. They will be more than happy to help in a, in a tremendous way. Thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you have a beautiful morning, evening, whatever it is. Good night.